Hey everybody, welcome to the Spiritual Side Note Podcast. I'm Haley, your hostess. With the mostess. Okay, no. And you are? I'm Shafin James Bogier. Hello, Shafin James Bogier. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. As Athelia likes to call it. We are in episode 21. Yep. If I remember correctly. Uh, full disclosure, we tried to record this a couple nights ago. And was that a couple nights ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Athelia would not go to bed. Kept popping up out of nowhere. <laughs> and then Hagen woke up. So this is try two. Like legitimately, all of a sudden we heard a noise and I opened our closet door where we record and our daughter was just standing there. <laughs> <laughs> and y'all, she did not go to bed that night until... We think after 11, we finally went to bed around 10.30 or 10.45. It was 10.45. Yeah. We basically just said, don't don't leave your room. <laughs> We're <laughs> going to bed. hilarious because she had continually left her room uh, for Does hours. that make us bad parents? No, not at all. Okay, good. I mean, she's fairly responsible for a two-year-old. Well, and I will say when she does open her door, her noisemaker is so loud, it does wake you up. Mm-hmm. And she immediately comes to find us because that's yeah. why she wanted to be up. She was coming up with all the reasons to be up with mommy and daddy. So Oof. anyway, this is round Oofball. two yep. of It's Nice to Know You. That's what I'm calling this podcast. No, it's definitely spiritual side note. I'm not the, sorry, oh, this, this episode. episode. Oh, Okay. <laughs> I'm going to rename the podcast right now without telling you. Um, We are going to do a couple segments where one of us tells our story. Because we've like randomly told parts of our story throughout the podcast so far. Um, But just wanted to take some time for you guys to actually get to know us and where we come from to hopefully build some rapport with you guys. Um, I wish this part of our podcast came with pictures for you so you could also see the different stages of hair specifically in Shaven's life okay you had a pixie cut why are you calling me out (laughs) because you're telling your story today oh okay so shay used to have really long super spiky hair Mm -hmm. like gelled spiky and now our son who's 10 months just has naturally poofy spiky hair so it's like a little mini daddy. It's kind of funny. Anyways, I wish things like that are what y'all could actually see. But despite having no pictures, we would like to get to know you, Shafin. So if you would tell us your story, that would be wonderful. Uh, absolutely. Thank so, you for being with us today. Do you want me? To, do you have a specific question to start me off, or you just want me to dive in? Dive in. I'm um, going to be in over my head. Launching our musical career. Yes. (laughs) Um. Okay. So no question. Okay. I was. Um, Well, I wasn't. Do you want to think of a question? It was. Did you already have a question? So you obviously didn't. I was trying to think through if I had. This is my life lately. Like, not remembering things I've already done. So Mm. I was like, did I have a question? If I did, I don't currently have it anymore. Okay. Well, I was born mm-hmm. Valentine's 1991. Powerful yes, I'm a 90s day. baby. Um, uh, so I grew up in 
well, not really grew up. The first few years of my life was in Kansas. I was born in Topeka, Kansas, where Haley was what? I did kind of say that weird. It was like it was like I couldn't get the O out. It was like Topeka, Topeka Kansas, uh, Topeka, Kansas. Um, anyways, uh, Haley was also born there. Spoiler alert. And um, what? You're interrupting me. I said. In Topeka. <laughs> yes, in Topeka. Uh, Topeka or Topeka or however else you want to make fun of me for saying the city in which I was born. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Okay. You were born. Yep. And uh, so Haley and I were actually childhood friends um, and our parents were good friends. And uh, then when I was four, my dad got a job. He was a youth pastor in Kansas and then he got a job as a excuse me, as an associate pastor in California. So in 95, we moved to California and lived there. That's where I grew up, um, spent my childhood all the way up until we moved, um, or I moved away for college. So, uh, did you live in Surfer, California? Huh? Surfer, California? No. Mm, Where did you live? I lived in Sacramento. Mm. Um, so that's in a valley. Okay. It's an hour and a half away from the beach, an hour and a half away from, uh, some of the best snowboarding in Lake Tahoe. Mm. I did not ever see or meet a movie star. I was six and a half hours from Hollywood. Mm. Um, and it never really snowed, but it also wasn't the 75 degrees all the time. Like it was like, um, you know, we'd get up in the hundreds for summertime. We'd get down in like the forties, thirties. At night, that is, uh, in the winter time. So, um, we, it definitely had cold seasons and hot seasons. It wasn't like the San Diego seventy-five. But, mm. anyways, so I grew up there. My dad was a, a pastor, like I said. So I grew up as PK, and I was homeschooled um, early on. And then my dad planted a church, felt called to plant a church in a, a community called Natomas, about twenty-five minutes away from the church where. He was working out when we first moved out to California. And um, so he planted that church. Uh, technically, it launched in 2000. He, like, started the, the launch team in 99, uh, but planted it in 2000. And we moved out to this new development community. And during that season, um, if you didn't know, being a church planner is not exactly a lucrative job. And so my mom actually needed to get a job to help support financially. So um, she went into the workplace and we went to public school. Uh, So I did public school from halfway through fourth grade. And then halfway through seventh grade, the church was established enough where my dad was um, getting a a steady income um, that my mom was able to come back to homeschooling us. And so she pulled us back out, um, well, me and my little sister back out of public school and homeschooled us. My sister, my older sister, stayed in um, a performing arts school. I almost said private performing arts school because she did, like, uh, some of the jazz dance Mm -hmm. and some acting, stuff like that she really enjoyed. Um, So I am, I should have said this earlier, but I'm the middle of three kids. I have an older sister and a younger sister. My older sister's Lauren. My younger sister's Gabby. Um, and it was kind of cool because, like, none of us really had, like, a complex. Like, I never had middle child syndrome. You know, some I've gotten asked that a lot over the years um, because I was the only boy. So, like, my older sister was the oldest. I was the only boy. And my younger sister was the baby. So, we all kind of had our thing. Um, and it worked out pretty well. So, that was cool. Um, I am my mom's favorite. That's Mom. just, like, facts. But, um, you know, it's uh, it's, like, kind of known, but nobody 
my my mom doesn't want to admit it, even though it's like totally true. But, um, and yep. then what? Yep. So if yep. your mom's listening, yep, she's either giggling or shaking her head right oh, now. Oh, she's totally shaking her head because she's like, no, that's that's a lie. Don't say that. But the siblings know it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, Can I stop you first? Yeah. Uh, cause you're, you're at about like seventh and a half grade year ish right now. Uh, so, sort of. Yeah. Sort of. Yep. Like, what did you like to do as a kid? Oh, um, so growing up, we were, me and my younger sister were relatively, um, pretty, I would say semi adventurous. Like we mm. weren't like totally like adventurous, but like we loved just like jumping in our bikes. And like I said, we were in a new development. So there was this section, um, like just down the road, like 200 feet from our house. Um, that was like an open field for a long time. Um, eventually got turned into a park, but it was an open field for a while, long time. And then it was like the beginning stages of a development complex. So when it was an open field, we'd go out in the open field with our friends and just like run around and play imaginary stuff or whatever. Um, and then when it turned into like the beginning stages of the complex, I, I still remember there was like these, it felt like 12 foot dirt mounds. It was probably like, six and a half right but like it felt like this huge dirt mound so we'd take our bikes and we'd mm. climb up the dirt mounds with our bikes and then just like ride down and you try to go back up the next one and you like couldn't um but that was a ton of fun and mm-hmm. then like one summer we played street hockey literally i think i think literally every day um at least like school day um with some neighbor friends of ours and that was a ton of fun because our streets kind of like three streets all dead ended dead ended had a dead end to mm-hmm. one street that connected them all. So it was um, not a busy street at all. And we mm-hmm. just like set up our hockey goals down there. And uh, it was a ton of fun. Um, we'd build skate uh, ramps. You know, you go down mm-hmm. your driveway and at the bottom of the curb, try to position it just right. So like you hit the ramp and get the most speed. and um, Live your do. best brink life. Yes. Yes. If anybody remembers brink. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes, I wanted to be Brink. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so we skate, skateboard, ride bikes, scooters, all that stuff. Um, my sports that I love playing were um, baseball and golf. Mm-hmm. Mo- more baseball than golf. Um, I, did, I did and do really love golf, but baseball was a sport I really sunk my teeth into. Um, and I think that, you know, we did pretty good about being in the community, mm-hmm. um, even with being homeschooled. So, like, um, I was a youth group kid. I loved youth group. I had a lot of um, connections at youth group. Not a lot of, like, lifelong friends, um, but just good connections at youth group. Um, but baseball, I had a ton of friends through baseball. Loved playing baseball. Obviously went to school for a little bit and had some friends through public school um, as well. But, uh, yeah. Those are some of the things. I grew up, or when I was older, I started playing guitar, but it was like the four chord songs, Mm -hmm. you know, like for worship. It was like I was in high school and somebody was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, you want to play on the student worship team? It's like, sure. Um, Here's the four chords you need. Okay, cool. (laughs) Now I don't play guitar because I don't (laughs) actually know how to play. (laughs) I do remember thinking you were really cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's how I won you over. Yep. That and breaking tic-tac boxes. That's right. Between his bicep and forearm. Yes. Because that was really cool when we were 13, 14 years old. Um, all right. So back to school life and whatnot. You mm-hmm. just started talking about like relationships and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you were homeschooled. Yep. 
and I don't think you actually said this part yet, but in the latter part of high school, correct me if I'm wrong in saying that you haven't said this, you were homeschooled, but you did school through your local high school so that you could be on the baseball team. Yeah. So you were still like connected to, mm-hmm. um, but that was even like a super loose connection. Like I went in once a week to take tests. Right. Um, occasionally I'd get to stay and hang out with some baseball buddies at lunch, but mm-hmm. that was the extent of it. Okay. So I was just wondering, um, like relationally, cause you said you didn't have a, a lot of lifelong friends, but you did have some solid friendships like during that time. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like being homeschooled versus not affected relationships or being in school, um, like in the public school, whether that was like that one day a week for your stuff or in baseball versus church. Like how do you sense those different parts of your life affected how you did relationship or what your relationships looked like? Hmm. That's a, I don't know that I have a good answer for that question. Hmm. Because I, I don't feel like I really have a category for that question. Does that make sense? Um, like, I like I love church. I was, you know, what would have been classified as a goody two-shoes. Um, mm-hmm. So I didn't really, like, hang out a ton outside of school um, or outside of baseball with, like, my baseball buddies mm-hmm. because um, they just made decisions that, I wasn't making um, and doing things that I didn't do. And so, and when I say I didn't have a, a lot of lifelong friends, that was more like youth group kids, like didn't yeah. really have a lot of church friends. Um, I still actually have a couple really good friends, uh, namely my cousin Austin and um, our friend Mitch, that um, we were all pretty close. I mean, mm-hmm. Mitch and Austin were like really, really close. Um, but the three of us were relatively close. And um, that was... That would have been about middle school age. Um, I met Mitch in middle school, and Austin moved out to help. Um, his family moved out to help my dad with the church plant a year in. So, um, yeah, I probably would have been about 10 or so when he moved out, late elementary, something like that. And um, so we had great friendships. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so I'm not exactly sure okay. what all you meant by the question or really what, what to do with that. All right. Go ahead. Moving Go ahead on. with what? The next part of your story. Oh. Um, so, yeah, played baseball in high school. Um, I ended up getting in a sh- – or getting in a uh, – I crashed my snowboard um, when I was in junior in high school. And um, that really – I was faced with a decision to either um, finish out the season and uh, – Season of what? Baseball. Ah. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, jump from snowboarding baseball. Um, finish out the season and just kind of be done um, because I had an opportunity to graduate early, mm-hmm. or I could um, get surgery, take my junior year off, and come back senior year. And I just decided that I was going to be done because I didn't want to play ball in college. That felt like a pretty big decision. Mm-hmm. Like even like looking back, like wondering. Um, and I don't say this egotistically, but just statistically um i had the i had the ability to play college ball like small college ball or whatever um and so like even looking back Mm. nowadays i'm like man i wonder if that was the 
the best decision. Like, um, we ended up getting married in college and I don't think that would have happened had I been playing baseball, um, Mm. just because it takes so much time. Um, and I wouldn't have been able to also have a job to support us. So, um, yeah. So I, in that regard, I'm like, yeah, that absolutely was the the right call. But, um, that just felt like a really big Mm. faith step decision. Like I remember thinking and praying through that decision a ton. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I ended up graduating early. And at that point, um, Haley and I had been dating two years when I graduated early. Long distance. Yes. So Haley was still in Kansas. I was out in California. We kind of reconnected um, through some of our uh, denominational con- youth conventions. And, uh, and that's when IM, AOL IM came out. People remember Instant Messenger. So good. <laughs> um, and so you've got mail. Haley and I had touch base again. Uh, that was actually back in middle school. Um, but then we saw each other at a couple different conventions and then started dating long distance in high school. So uh, we are high school sweethearts, as it's as it said. We are childhood sweethearts. We are childhood sweethearts. I actually said in a video somewhere in the world, it is somewhere. In the video, my mom's retelling a story where I told her that I was going to marry Haley at four years old. Mm-hmm. So that's adorable. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we had been dating. And then, um, yeah, now I'm kind of all over. I'm just like sharing a conglomeration of high school experiences. Um, I actually felt called into ministry when I was 13. Um, and I was up at youth camp. I love youth camp. Again, I was a church kid. Love youth group. Love youth camp. And uh, felt called in the ministry. I distinctly remember that night that I was called. And uh, over the next year, I really questioned that call. Uh, I just wasn't sure. Was that God? Was that me? And these are the same conversations for at least I am consistently having with so many people like how do I know God's voice right and so had that happening over the course of the next year and at that same youth camp one year later God reconfirmed that call through two other people Mm -hmm. um through like a a prayer time with them and so that was really really powerful and I was like okay God I'm not going to question that call I'm supposed to be in youth ministry and uh so that really define the trajectory of my life like I still remember in middle school like a year after that happened um my baseball coach being like how many of you want to would want to play professional ball and everyone raised their hand but me like that's how committed I was and how much Mm -hmm. I believe that this is what I was supposed to be doing and so uh that really just like I said affected the trajectory of my life so I knew I'd go to a Christian school in order to become a pastor and Haley and I had been dating, and then we got to a place where we were determining what college to go to, and Haley was a year ahead of me, so she thought she was going to Oklahoma Wesleyan University, and she had been there for a couple different high school retreat weekend things um, for multiple years and just thought that's where she was supposed to go. And then we ended up visiting there together, and over that weekend, both of us were just not at peace. We were like, this is, nope, this isn't it. And so we... Um, well, I guess Haley more changed course because I wasn't really sure going into that weekend. And then we started looking at Indiana Wesleyan, and that's where we ended up going to school, both getting our ministerial degrees mm-hmm. and got married halfway through college. So we had been dating in five years at that point. Um, we got married in 2011, and now we've been married 10 years. 
Mm-hmm. The big one oh. Big shiny tin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. Any other questions throughout that? I mean, there's like a lot of like obviously those are more just like benchmark facts mm-hmm. and events. Are there any questions with that? Um, is there another one or two things? In that period of time that helps shape the way you do your life or belief systems that you have or have had to work out of or Mm. um, struggles that you want to share that are like, this was a huge part of my story, not just these are the benchmarks of like time stamps in my life. Yeah. Um, One of the biggest ones I would say is uh, that was a season where um, I struggled with and then confessed pornography, uh, struggled with pornography. And, uh, that I would say has just become a part of my story in the sense of like, it's a lot of people's stories, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately. unfortunately. And, um, so while that I wish that that never was the case for me, um, trying to be vulnerable and authentic with that part of my story in my past, like allowing me to have a conversation with somebody and, helping walk that journey, um, into really into freedom. Like that's powerful to be able to walk from, um, struggling with something, a negative coping mechanism, whatever it is into freedom. Like that's just really, really cool. Mm -hmm. And so to have that ability to relate on some level, and obviously I can't relate to everybody's situations. Um, but that does give me a place to speak out of, um, yeah, so I would say that that's come up a lot, especially working with student ministries um, and so many students just battling so many things and pornography mm-hmm. being a prominent one. Um, that's become a platform in which I can relate to them and, and talk out of uh, a place of shame and hiding and sin um, into stepping into light and freedom and accountability and confession. So. Uh, that's become a big part of my story. Um, there's nothing, no, I'm sure there's something, sorry, that's the wrong way to say that. Currently, there's nothing jumping out from that season that's like, oh man, yeah, that totally changed the trajectory. Mm-hmm. It's more looking back. Like, as I look back, I'm like, wow, that kind of affected mm-hmm. this. Or I can see my insecurity in my high school self. Um, but I wasn't really in tune emotionally with just a lot of myself mm-hmm. in high school and college. Uh, I was pretty prideful. And so I thought I was just cool and kicking, right? Like I just was doing life and um, I got spoken into a lot. Like, Shay, you're a leader and you're good at, you know, this or that. And honestly, I'm not good at a, a ton of different things, but specifically like in the church world, like I was good at speaking or I was good at, I was pretty charismatic. So I was a, a strong leader and just spoken into in that way that really just puffed up an ego that I thought it was supposed to be good. Uh, I thought I was good and just kind of went through life that way. And so I wasn't really aware of a lot of my uh, emotional uh, emotional immature, immaturities and I'm sure that I'm still there in a lot of ways but I've grown a ton in the way that I tried to assess my soul and my emotional state and where I'm truly at with God and try to become more of a deep thinker uh, in a sense or 
as Ryan puts it, I think Ryan, maybe Jason was the first one to put it. They're uh, pastors at impact. If you don't go there. Um, but I think he put it as uh, traversing the caverns of my soul or spelunking through the caverns of my soul and really just trying to do a deep dive into who am I and how am I doing and what are the things that I'm doing that are not Christ-like? Mm. What are the parts of my life that are aligned like Christ, but just taking a true assessment and not just being surface level like, yeah, things are good. Like, no, but why did I react that way? Or... Mm. Why do I turn to food when I'm stressed? Or why do I do the re- like asking those intentional deep questions of myself? And, and so I feel like I've grown a ton in that lately. And by lately, I mean like the last, I don't know, four years, five years or so. Mm-hmm. And I think it, the base it comes down to just surrender. I just yeah. keep trying to surrender. And the more I surrender, the more I'm like, okay, there's more to surrender and letting go of control or uh, old habits, uh, things that I want, comparison, uh, all those things. So just continually trying to, to surrender. Yeah. So there's nothing from that season that's like jumping out like, yes, that moment or this thing. Um, but it's more of the continual progression Mm -hmm that I've noticed now looking mm-hmm. back. Yeah. Yeah. We also knew that we were going to get married. That happened like what would have been my senior year of high school. I think your freshman year of college where it was like, yep, we're pretty sure it's, we're going to get married. Mm-hmm. So that was obviously a big one, but yeah, no, you answered the question the way I was hoping oh, Okay. that I thought like there could be like one pointed moment, but really the, the overarching like way you did your life like yeah what what are those sorry i just got way close to my mic um no that's good (laughs) we can actually hear you now sherry everybody (laughs) um yeah like what are those those things that you can look back and say wow over the season of time i didn't even realize this affected the way i did my life or the way i thought about things um yeah that's really good Anything else? Well, uh, do you want to, should I share my perspective since post-marriage? Or do you want to just sure. share up until marriage? No, you can go for just, it. Okay. Unless you want to do a whole other section on just our marriage. Uh, I mean, we could do that later on, but um, I don't think we need to do that at this point. Um, so then Haley and I got married in 2011 and things were relatively really good. But again, that's because I was pretty prideful and we were kicking it, right? Like it was just going through life and trying to figure out what it means to be married and what it's like. And we were having fun and I had a good job at UPS that provided. We had this tiny little two-bedroom apartment. Um, It was actually an old house converted into a four apartment. So we had the whole upstairs. Um, It was like four rooms basically and one converted into a kitchen. One was converted into a living room and then two bedrooms. Even the living room was totally a bedroom. We just yeah. made it a living room. But, um, yeah, we loved our little apartment first couple mm-hmm. of years of marriage. And um, things were overall, like, pretty good. And we felt like we got called into missions field. Specifically, I felt like God laid on my heart. Like, Shay, if you believe in women in ministry and you believe Haley is called to be a pastor, then you need to follow her heart, too. If she's willing to follow you anywhere in um, to be a youth pastor, you need to be able to follow follow her heart. And there was a season right before that where Haley had been talking about 
missions and specifically Rome. Um, and so I, I was like, okay, then I guess we're supposed to go to Rome. And I felt like that's what God was asking of me and of us. And so we pursued looking into missions organizations and got connected with one, got signed up and accepted and started the training and eventually moved back to California in the summer of 2013 uh, in order to live with my parents and kind of make some reconnections and do fundraising, base it from there. And that was a really, really hard season. Mm -hmm. um, just living with your parents after you're married for only a couple of years, that part's hard. Like I reverted to old habits. Just I grew up as my parents' kid for 18 years. And so it's like hard to break out of those habits. Um, and so there were certain parts of my childhood that almost like came back up that got in between our marriage. Um, one of the biggest things was uh, at the core of who Shay was, he wasn't fully surrendered and committed to the call to move overseas because I really wanted to be a youth pastor in the States. I wanted being in full-time ministry to look the way that I wanted it to look. And so I hadn't fully surrendered that, even though I thought it'd be cool to live in Rome. I thought we'd just like pop over, do it for a couple of years, come back. I'd be a youth pastor. Um, and fundraising was really, really hard. Fundraising is really, really hard. I have so much respect for anybody who fundraises. And that season being hard meant that we weren't getting the funds the way I thought we'd be getting the funds. Excuse me. And therefore, we came, I became discouraged and dragged my feet a lot. And Haley and I were just misaligned. We weren't unified. And so we, but we kept pressing forward for a while. And just under two years into being in California, we were like, something's got to change. Like we were, what were we, half, 50% after two years, something like that. I don't even know if we were that far. I think we were really close to 50% after two years of fundraising. And we had somebody within the organization say like, oh yeah, it'll take you guys a year. And we were 50% after two years. So I was super discouraged at this point. Um, so we told the organization, we were like, we're struggling. We can't figure this out. And they're like, well, let's try another location that's cheaper. You know, there could be an option where you could just get on the field now, right? Like um, it would cut the cost because Rome's expensive. It's a big city. So like you could cut your costs in half and just get on the field. Um, and maybe that's the, the next best thing. So we looked into Nicaragua and South Africa um, and I, Haley got to stay longer in South Africa. I had to come back because I'd use up all my PTO at the job. I was doing a time working in retail. And when I was home, Haley um, called me one night. It was like, hey, we need to talk. So I was like, okay. So we FaceTime or Zoomed or whatever. And she was like, she just called me out on uh, a couple of different things. And I fully believe that God used her to speak to me about things that I wasn't willing to hear from, from God or didn't know that I needed to hear from God. So I wasn't really looking for them at all. And Haley just like laid it out. And, uh, I, I took that and I sat with it for a little bit and eventually came to realize that she was right. And, um, so that was a huge trajectory shift as well, where, um, ultimately, what it boiled down to was I was putting myself first and my own idea of ministry rather than what God had for us and, and really just who God is first and foremost in my life. So I tried to begin this new season of surrender and surrendering to God. And so Haley got home. Um, she stopped off in New York on her way back for a little bit. And then she got home and we just started like, okay, we're almost starting over. 
and we determined to go back to Marion, Indiana, where we went to college and had some good roots. And so we packed everything up like six weeks later and moved back to Marion, Indiana. And in that season, we were able to kind of focus on our marriage because there was a lot that was tattered and strained in our marriage. And so we, we started counseling and dove into pursuing each other at uh, way more of an intentional rate. Um, stepped out of ministry completely. And we were just working some different jobs. Haley was an ABA therapist. Mm-hmm. I did like a seasonal stint back at UPS um, and then ended up working landscaping for a little bit. And we were just focused on a marriage and trying to spend all that extra time uh, pouring into each other, pursuing one another. And during that season is when we got contacted from Impact Church about looking and applying for the youth pastor job up here. So that's what ultimately brought us up to Michigan and where we are now. And the last five years of being here really just have been so good. Like Mm. we needed Indiana to heal um, and we needed Michigan to grow from that healing in a lot of ways. And I feel like we've done that. Um, And it's been, I've been talking for a long time, so I won't go into all the details, but like just being here in Michigan, we've just continually to press, continually have pressed into who God is and who he's created us to be. And he has just worn away and stripped away different things. Um, And I don't want to share all of Haley's stuff, but like um, just from different levels of control, um, and, and the way that we've processed that to coping mechanisms, to unhealthy dependencies. Um, and he's just continually stripped us away and made us totally dependent on him. And I'm still learning that. Like I still very much batter, battle, uh, control and, um, my insecurities and thinking that I have to work for things or other people's appreciation, um, and affirmation. I mean, just like two weeks ago, I was having a day alone with God and I just felt like God revealed to me like, Shay, you still make so many decisions out of fear, fear of not getting what you want, fear of the future, fear of what other people think of you, um, fear of not having enough. Um, And he just really challenged my, the way that I make decisions and the way that I process uh, through fear. And so trying to submit my flesh, right? Cause my flesh is the thing that's fearing things of the flesh. And so submitting my flesh to my soul rather than crippling my soul to my flesh and this fear that the decisions that I'm making, like releasing my flesh into my soul in order to be fearless and to be obedient to what God's calling me into and calling me out of, because even though I might be afraid that, you know, what God is going to ask of me in different seasons is to, to give things away or to not, to not acquire things. Cause I like, I like stuff. I like some of my toys, like fishing equipment and my motorcycle and, um, our pool, right? Like I like those things. And so, um, but what if God asked me to give something up or what if he asked us to downsize our house or what if he asked, like, I want to be obedient to that. I don't want to be afraid to miss out on those things because if I'm obedient to that, I'm going to enter into the best life that there is. Um, mm-hmm. but the, the fleshly side of me resists that. So, um, continually just continuing trying to surrender and let go of control. Yeah. That's good. And I think the, the, another key part of all of what you've been saying specifically about Michigan, but really our whole story is how God continually put people in our life mm, yeah. to speak into us or to walk with us or, I specifically think of the people in Michigan who were just, they knew what crap we were carrying in and 
it wasn't that they didn't care. It's that they cared enough to walk it with us. They didn't expect us to be perfect and have it all together. They literally just opened up this place for us to heal. And Did you mean walk. Indiana? No, I meant here. Oh. Yes, Indiana too. Gotcha. Um, in a yeah. different way. I was more thinking like Michigan-wise, like our jobs, like yeah. the church knowing, hey, we're in this really broken spot that we've been in the middle of healing up healing in but they didn't expect us to have it all together yeah yeah, indiana i feel like in a different way Mm -hmm. we had people i think we've talked about this on a couple different podcasts but the caribbean and home just opened up for us when um yeah when we didn't have we had no place to live we had no jobs we had nothing and they just let us be us and very broken and walked life with us in a in a fragile state, but with a lot of grace. Yeah. So that just to be an encouragement to anyone who's in anybody else's life that you can be that person, but that God has also placed people in your life for that too. So accept grace and walk patiently with people, allow them to walk patiently with you. Like you don't have to hide your stuff. Yeah. We're meant to be a part of the body to encourage one another and help walk each other forward, bear each other's burdens, lift each other's arms up when we're tired. So that has just been a huge part of our story is Mm -hmm. the people that God keeps putting in our path. So thank you to any and all of you who have been a part of our story. Did what I was saying make sense? Mm -hmm. I felt like I was talking in circles. No, you weren't. Is that because you know my story? Maybe. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But it made sense to me. All right, cool. So anyone out there, how do you feel? Please comment. (laughs) Well, thanks for sharing your heart, love. Anything else that came up as a question? I mean, I feel like I have several other questions, but we should probably wrap this one up. I feel like that if we go into maybe a different time in a different episode more specifically about the growth we've Mm. been in because i feel like the last four or five years have been like miracle growth Mm. uh miracle grow growth like that even as you were retelling the story i was like wait we've been married for 10 years but we this is only our fifth full year here right yeah we're coming up to the end of our fifth year okay so there's and i even feel like within the last three years has been like exponential growth Mm -hmm. on top of that that I was like man I I can't believe and yeah I can because that's just who our God is the miraculous mm. work that God has done in our lives over those yeah. last three to five years yep. um, that have just been phenomenal they've been hard yeah. but really good yeah specifically for me I think the last year has felt really compressed and compounded yeah. um, just hitting my insecurity head on and my identity um, and truly trying to root it in, in Jesus and, uh, still very, like, I feel healthier, but at the same time, mm-hmm. like, I don't think about it as often, um, which makes me think it's like, I mean, you kind of brought this up even maybe last night. Like, um, if I slowed down long enough, would that insecurity start to creep back in? Um, and so trying to reroute myself in some of the, the conversations that I had with my counselor over the last year, just like how to appropriately find my identity in Mm -hmm. God and to pursue him and him alone and not other people. And um, so I feel like even in the last 15 months, my growth has been relatively exponential and compatible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The last three years in particular, because year one in Michigan, we're still very much still healing, still very much still 
Uh, we were still very much healing that year. And year two, two was kind of like that beginning of that growth, but um, still working out of some healing as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for sharing. Got it. Great. Well, we're going to wrap up this episode of Spiritual Side Note and say sayonara. Thanks for joining us and learning a little bit more about Shay. You're welcome, y'all. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Have a fabulous week. We will speak to you later. <laughs>